Hello, and welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. While there are plenty of movie review podcasts out there, our goal is not to be that. This is supposed to be a fun look back at movies from our past that we have enjoyed. We just want to fill that place between your ears for about an hour. Make your commute to work a little more tolerable, or let you reflect on a movie that you may have seen. Movies can make us laugh and cry, make us cringe in fear, or be a shot of adrenaline. We watch them in theaters with total strangers, at home with friends and family, or on Sundays when it's on cable for the 300th time. When One We Love comes on TV, we get excited. It's almost like, hey, someone else likes this movie too. So if you like what we do, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC, again, at WorthTheWatchPC, or email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Make suggestions of movies you love and want to hear. Tell us what areas you want us to cover. Please keep things clean. We have families who don't want them to be worried about us. Please remember, this is all in good fun, and if something on here offends you, tough shit. Get over it and find something else to be upset about. Welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. I'm your host as always, Ed Palilla, with me, uh, my co-host, Michael Kennedy. How we doing, folks? Today we're reviewing Constantine. Um, this is a movie that I feel like I've seen on cable 200 times. <laughs> Maybe not 200, but at least 50 times. Legit 50 times. It is a, it is a cable darling. It um, is often, yes. The, I remember watching this with you like... I mean, it came out February 18, 2005, so senior year of college, I feel like we watched this a handful of times. I've seen this movie in partial probably 25 times. I've seen this movie from start to finish the other day and then maybe one other time before. I just always catch this movie like somewhere in the middle. Yes, me too. I'm the same way. Like I've probably seen the whole movie like, I don't know, 15 times, I'm guessing, but only through parts, you know, like I haven't like watched it straight through. Yeah. Yeah. So to actually sit down and watch it straight through, a lot of pieces came together for me that I either forgot or didn't remember how to piece together. So it was good to get the full perspective on it. It's, it's uh, also longer than it feels. Yes. Yes. Like it, it is. It's a, it's a bit movie. slow. But it's a two-hour movie, and it, but it doesn't. For me, it didn't feel like a two-hour movie really until I noticed it was two hours. Yeah, it kind of it moves along nicely. It's a little slow, but at the same time, it, it it's weird to say this. It's a little slow, but it it flows well. It kind of it does a nice job moving along, but it's there's not a ton of action to it. Um, there's really only like one or two kind of actiony scenes to the movie, and the rest is all kind of understanding this story and watching it unravel in front of you. So um, what would you guess the, I was kind of surprised by this because I thought this, this movie would be considered more of a critic darling than an audience darling. But what would you guess the rotten tomato critic score percent out of a hundred percent would be? Oh, I'm going to go with 61, 46%. A lot lower than I thought it would be. I thought this movie was pretty well done. And I, again, I like this kind of would be a little bit of a, a critic darling. It's um, visually appealing. It's not campy. But I guess this is still when, and I'll, I'll give a little history about this, when the comic book superhero stuff was still considered bleh. It wasn't until after The Dark Knight that people started to kind of turn 
uh, and kind of like these kind of movies, especially critics. However, the audience score, where would you guess the audience score would be? Uh, 65. 72%, which is a little higher than I thought. I, again, I thought it would kind of be more like 65 for critics and 55 or 50 for audience, but it turned out it was the other way around. I just kind of thought a lot of people would watch. That's too slow. I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. It's confusing because you really I, do need to pay attention to this movie. That that is true. There there are a lot of little things. I think also what you have to look at is this movie is kind of based off comic books, but it apparently what I've read is it didn't really follow the comic books the way. So if you were really into comic books, it this movie wouldn't make too, as much sense to you. Correct. Um, that's. The next thing I was to say, well, the IMDb score is 7.0 out of 10, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, any movie good. that cracks 7 is, is pretty good. So, um, yeah, as you were saying, there's a comic book called Hellblazer, which the movie is based on. Uh, it's a DC comic. It had 300 episodes. It ended, I think it said, like 2003. So it ran for like 15 years. It was, it was pretty long running. Uh, the character of John Constantine is in the comic book from Liverpool, England. And they say he's drawn to look like the singer Sting. So it is a big deal in England. There's a lot of uh, cosplay and, and that kind of thing for Constantine overseas, but not so much, I would say, here in the United States. I, ne- I didn't know it was a comic book. Granted, I'm not a comic book person, really, but I didn't even know it was one until the, earlier today when I was reading about this. So uh, we'll get in, let's get into the cast. First, um, we haven't done this before, so I want to bring it up. The director... Francis Lawrence, because there were some things about this I wanted to see what he might have been connected to. Uh, he did the movie I Am Legend, Water for Elephants, uh, the last three Hunger Game movies, and then the most recent Red Sparrow movie. But as I looked him up, he's done about 50 music videos. Well, the thing is, too, is you look at it, too, this was actually his first full feature film. Yes. Before yes. this, he had just done the music videos. Yeah, because I Am Legend was after this. Yes. And it was, um, I don't want to say the same kind of movie, but a little bit along the same lines a bit. Kind of dark, kind of um, man on his own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. All right, some of the characters. Keanu Reeves, John Constantine, main character of the movie. Uh, Rachel Weiss plays both Angela and her sister, Isabel Dodson. Next guy. One of the first times you saw him in a feature film, Shia LaBeouf plays a guy named Chaz Kramer. And instead of spelling Chaz, C-H-A-Z, he spells it C-H-A-S, which I thought was a little interesting. Chaz uh, Kramer. And Chaz Kramer. Which is a cool, that's a cool name. I like Chaz Kramer as a name. Uh, Don't but Shia LaBeouf. We <laughs> chose Shia LaBeouf for our top five movie, or top five appearances. Um, you want to go first, Mike, or would you like me sure. to? I'll go ahead. I'll go All ahead. right. Find it here somewhere. All right. Top five. Uh, I put his his number one is the movie Fury, which if you don't know, it's that I think it's the World War II movie with Brad Pitt and yeah, the tank is named Fury, so that's yeah, the... the tank is named Fury, and it's a pretty awesome movie actually. If you it's a very awesome movie. It's a record. very awesome movie. Uh, number two, I have Lawless. Um, it's kind of about Tom Hardy's in it. You know, we've got. They're moonshine bootleggers exactly. in West Virginia or Kentucky in, I don't know what, like the, probably during Prohibition, I think. 
Yeah, because they're they're moving everything illegally and everything. Yeah, like that. it's pretty cool. Pretty cool movie. I like it's it. It's a good movie. It's on the list. Both of those are on the list. I have number three. The, the bottom three could kind of go anywhere, but I put down Transformers because I liked the first Transformers. Oh, sure. Lot. You know, just growing up as a kid, the cartoon Transformers. So when it, this one came out, it was really cool. The other ones are kind of they kind of just get worse and worse each time you watch them. Agreed. Uh, number four, I put down Disturbia. I have not seen Disturbia. You haven't seen Disturbia. It's, it's actually a very interesting and pretty cool movie. Isn't it supposed to be like a remake of Rear Window, the Jimmy Stewart movie? Um, I think it's along the same sure. lines. Um, Looks like he gets in trouble, like at school, and gets put on house arrest, and so he just starts watching everything that's happening around his house. You know, like sees a chick next door, but then he sees his neighbor next door, and he like is suspecting that his neighbor is a murderer. Yeah, much. I think Rear Window is kind of the same thing. Jimmy Stewart, I think, has a broken ankle or leg or something, so he can't move, but he's watching his neighbor. I think that's what it's called. Might not be Rear Window. I have to look that one up. But, anyways, go ahead. Uh, number five, I put down is Holes. Okay. Probably one of his earliest movies. I, I threw down a little shout out to Eagle Eye because I like Eagle Eye. I was going to say, I actually have a, a, a same movies, different order. Um, I had number five, Lawless, not because it's not a good movie, but his character is extremely annoying in the movie. <laughs> uh, number four, I had Holes, which is a good movie. It's, it's, when it's on TV, it's worth the watch. Uh, it's definitely, it's, it, it'll kind of catch you. It doesn't matter where the movie is. You can kind of jump in and out of it. Uh, number three, I had I put Transformers and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. I kind of put it as together. Number two, I had Fury because he's really good in Fury. And I actually had Eagle Eye number one. I thought he was really good in that movie. Oh, I, I like, really like that movie. I like it a lot, too. Yeah. I think it's a very good movie. And the ending is really good. Like, once you kind of see all the pieces come together. Mm-hmm. All right. Good list. Good list. We're on the same page there. Uh, next, Tilda Swinton as Gabriel. I'm going to get into this later. I didn't Gabriel. Uh, well, I mean, I I kind of understand why they pick pick her for the role as Gabriel because a lot of people are probably thinking Gabriel isn't Gabriel supposed to be a man, but is but technically I believe angels were supposed to be like not not sex. Yeah, they're kind of just pretty much. They just are. Yeah, yeah. But, so they kind of pick somebody who I'm, she has a very interesting like she's kind of pretty, but she has a very like kind of you know, weird look to her almost, yeah. you know. If you've ever seen the movie Trainwreck, she plays Amy Schumer's boss, and she looks completely different. She has, like, normal hair and normal face, and she actually does yeah. normal and, and actually pretty. And then other times she looks really weird, and it's just based on, like, in Doctor Strange or something when she has her head shaved. <laughs> She's very all over the place. She's an excellent, excellent actress. Don't get me wrong. I just... I didn't like her in the role that much, but I, I kind of get where you're coming from is they aren't supposed to be human. She's a guardian angel. So exactly. Um, we have, and, and I'm correct. You know, don't mind my, uh, my poor pronunciation here. Uh, Jimon Honsu is plays midnight. He is from gladiator. He is the, uh, one of the other guys from gladiator. He's, he was in, I think blood diamond too, wasn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. in, well, he's in the new, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't he forget. Don't forget. He was in Never Back Down. I never saw Never Back Down. Oh my gosh! I don't know why. 
Talk about a cheesy action movie, right? Yeah, there. That, I think that's why. Is at the time I just wasn't in the mood to get <laughs> oh, the, to it's it. It's a terrible just, movie. It's a terrible movie. I think the commercials th- just kind of pushed me away from it. He's the only one that can act in that entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah, I like, I like him. him a lot. Yeah, uh, Gavin Rosdale are i was a big fan of this the band bush but i think he's a good actor i like him in this and i kind of wish he would have been in some more stuff not gonna lie yeah. he, he he was he was fine in this. he did a fine job for his part he plays that perfect like arrogant prick and i think he should have uh ran with that but he he never really it never really took off for him i don't, I don't know what happened there uh peter stormare plays satan he's been in Every other movie you've ever seen, a, a Russian guy in it. Uh, I think most people would associate him with uh, Armageddon. You no, know, say Armageddon. Um, I'm trying to think of, off the top of my head what else he's Fargo. been in. Fargo. Yeah, Fargo. That's the other one. Fargo. Oh, um, and those he was two that you would think. John Wick 2. Oh, he and Keanu back together. Yeah. I'd love to do John Wick, but they're they're still in the middle of the third one, and those are way too recent. That Down the line, maybe. And then the last person I have is Pruitt Taylor Vince, who plays Father Hennessy. And the only thing I know him from is he's the serial killer with multiple personalities in the movie Identity. Yeah, he has this weird ability to do things with his eyes. Because he does it in Identity, he keeps twitching them back and forth. And then in this one, you see him roll his eyes back in his head a couple times. Like all the way back in his head. I heard that he actually has something wrong with him that that just like happens sometimes too. i i would not be surprised by it because they he that's like all he plays and it was right around this time because identity was like 2004 or and then this was 2005 so i don't know if he's been in anything since i didn't really spend the time to look him up but i recognize him and just and just wrote it down so uh anybody else there that i mean i put down that max baker who baker who plays b b man yeah i but i know i don't know anything else he was in yeah, yeah, that's why I kind of jumped over him. In fact, I thought for a second he might have been I who Ace Ventura goes to see. That's the hacker, the New England clam shouter guy. Uh-oh. He kind of looked yeah. like him for a second, and then when you actually see him, it's not him. But I thought that might have been him for a minute. All right, we broke this movie into three parts. I'm going to go through some bullet points on things we and then have Mike jump back and go through everything. So the first section of the movie, they, there's a quote that pops up that says, he who possesses the spear of destiny holds the fate of the world in his hands. You also find out the spear of destiny has been missing since the end of World War II. Uh, you get a scene in Mexico where a guy finds a spear of destiny wrapped in a Nazi flag. He is then hit by a car but com- walks away completely fine because he's holding the spear and now he's possessed. You get a girl which is possessed and crawling on the ceiling in a super creepy way. You get a crazy exorcism, probably the best exorcism on film. A, uh, you get a demon getting captured in a mirror and launched out a window, which I thought was cool. You see a woman jump off a building, played by Rachel Weisz. Blood, and you find out he has lung can- lots and lots of lung cancer. And then you find out that John is going to hell. Let's fill in some of those holes there. Like you said, we start out... And we're in Mexico, where, I don't know, are they like homeless guys? or They might have been. They might have been just scavengers, and the guy steps on that thing and finds the like Nazi flag. Playing around in the dirt, you know? <laughs> Pretty much, I don't know what they're Pretty doing. Pretty much. It's, it's, yeah. um, 
That, that's all it looks like. Don't really know what's going on, but they just magically, you know, stumble along and find he you know steps and he pulls out the spear, which is wrapped in a Nazi flag. Yes. Which just fun fact: after they were done filming, they destroyed the Nazi flag to prevent it from falling into the hands of neo Nazis because the neo Nazis could not just get a Nazi flag from anywhere. They need to save this one <laughs> and get rid of it. Yeah. A little but, bit ridiculous, but I get where they're coming from. They don't want to be associated with it. So. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I would have just, they could just said, hey, we want to destroy it because we, we hate the Nazi flag. That would have worked out too. Like you said, something takes over his body and he just walks where he just gets jacked by that car. But it like goes around him as if he's a pole, pretty much. Yes. And he just gets up, jumps over the car pretty much, and just continues on his little journey to wherever he's going. We really don't know where he's going at this time. No. Uh, this is kind of where we jump, where we have this exorcism. We're in, back in Los Angeles where we find a, I believe, a Filipino girl is what it looks like. Is that is that what it is? Yeah, that's probably a pretty accurate statement. Filipino girl, she's crab walking on the ceiling. you know, Right. And her... They freak out, so they uh, now we call Neo. I mean, sorry, well, not Neo. <laughs> well, they call him Father Hennessy, and Father Hennessy calls in yeah. Constantine. Neo, I mean Constantine. Neo. Yeah, Neo Constantine. I, I, well, when you think about it, he he pl- sounds very much and acts very much like the Matrix in this. Like it, like he well, does. He act acts Neo. very much like Speed in this. He acts very much like Keanu Reeves in this. <laughs> He's, yeah. That's that's Keanu Reeves. You're getting Keanu, but on top of it, he just did do the three Matrix movies. Yeah, this. he so, did come off of those. So he had that pretty much probably embedded in his brain. Yes. Uh, I did like the, the show um, after she's tied down, the demon kind of shoots out of her neck when he goes down and tries to listen. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, I like that he says, don't, you know, I need the big mirror. So they bring that big mirror in and he says, whatever you do, don't open your eyes. And the one guy opens his eyes. And looks, and his hair turns completely white, and he falls over, and causes more dilemma, more yes. drama than it needs to be. If he just would have kept his eyes shut, like and listened. So John Constantine apparently likes to smoke. We learn, and he lots of smoking. Yep, lots of smoking. Hence the uh, lung cancer. I said when you walk in, it's kind of your typical when the priest walks into an exorcism scene where they have them tied down to the bed and they're wiggling around and saying stuff in different languages or whatever. And I really enjoy when he climbs on top of her and decides he needs to tell her this is Constantine, John Constantine, asshole. Yeah, (laughs) I like when he pulls the mirror up. When you can see the reflection of it, he flicks it off. Yeah, he does. He uses the middle finger at least. I feel like three times in this movie too. Uh, I'm trying to count here. I the one I lo- I watched was on TV. I didn't realize that it was on AMC. So I, they blurred out the middle finger, which made me laugh. It's like even before that, he like rips the uh, the shade off like the window, and he yeah. you know leafs through his little keychain of relics or whatever. Pretty yes. Like oh, and this is. To- this is- Right, he, you know, he rotates through them to find out which one yeah. is going to hurt. Gonna, which one's going to affect this little bitch right here? I yeah, get, you know, it's like he's like the world's um, holiest janitor. Yeah, he's got more keys. <laughs> uh, like you said, this is a great part where he, he does the little thing. He thinks he's kind of exercised the demon out of her, 
but the demon comes through the neck and he just decks her in the neck. Right. And he needs to go get go get the giant mirror. Right. And, and you get the uh, for cut. some reason the mirror captures the demon and they push it out the window and which I thought was a pretty like I said, this is a very a crazy exorcism, but maybe the best exorcism you see in any movie. Here's my only few gripes with this exorcism. So they get this thing in the mirror and they need to throw it out the window so the mirror will break and kill it. Yes. Why don't they just put it on the ground and break? Mm, an excellent question. <laughs> and um, also when they're yeah, trying to why they bring a mirror window, and a hammer. That's exactly. <laughs> or when they're pushing out the window and they can't get it out, why don't you let a little and just twist it to the side a little bit? Just give it a little twist. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been uh, that would have been just fine. It'll fly right out the window, I tell yeah. you. <laughs> if, if I'm trying to move my couch out the door and it catches, I don't just pull as hard as humanly possible on it. I just, just oh, let's just rotate just just uh, about six degrees up and it'll slide right out. Mesh mesh your door mesh, mesh your door frame up. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Both good points. Both good points. But what we see is it. We missed a little cut where he cuts the Chaz and he's like. Tells makes him Chaz, move the car. Makes him move the car, and Chaz is like, "Why do I have to move the car?" And he's just like, "Just move it," you know. And it, you know what? If you're his little like bitch boy, pretty much is what he is. This entire movie. If he tells you to do something, you do it. Like he wants yeah. to be like he wants to be like him. So he, yeah, he wants to be like him. He wants to be his apprentice though. So I think he wants hands dirty. He wants to be, and you do hear later. He's like, "I want to be more than just the driver." So I think that's more of what it is. It's just a little bit of being mad about that. I, I can't remember what his name is, but Shia LaBeouf plays the exact same character, I think, in iRobot. And you you know what I read about? Um, the director of this was part of iRobot, I think. Or he watched the video from iRobot and saw Shia LaBeouf and picked him for this movie. I read that somewhere, so that makes sense. He probably saw him and said, I like that character, I want you to play that. He's wearing that stupid little newsy hat. Shia LaBeouf kind of plays the same character in everything, which is kind of confused, kind of a prick, talk really fast. He kind of has the same role, which is probably the reason that, let's just say, he's very difficult to work with from what I heard. And he hasn't been in anything in a while. He makes some IMDb credits, but that's why you don't see him in movies. Yeah, he, uh, he's got some issues. He's got some issues. He's also, I think, a drunk. I think he's been arrested a couple times for. I think he tried to throw down with a fan once, and so, anyways, enough about that guy. Nothing about that guy. But yeah, like we said, so the mirror makes it out the window after some tugging, pulling, you know, a middle finger here and there, flings the mirror out the window. It lands on the taxi. That, damn it, Chase, you were supposed to move. <laughs> Yes. Well, I think he moved it. I think the, the glass... He moved, like two, he moved shattered, it like two feet. But... He moved yeah. it like two feet. I think yeah. that's the new thing. Fun. Seen him do this before, which you have to assume he has, he would have known that a mirror was coming out the door. Granted, <laughs> John could have said, move the car, when he said why. He could have responded with... I'm a about to throw a giant mirror on it. But... Uh, like something's going to come flying out the window and move the car. But I did yeah. notice when they flew, flung the wing... With, flung the mirror out the window that you could see the cord when it's out the window and then when it lands on the car you don't see the cord anymore. Hmm. So that's just a little editing mistake there that I noticed. Didn't bother me too much. I just happened to notice. That's a good catch though. I didn't see that. 
All right. So next is the sister. Well, what I, we can just kind of pop him. This is where we kind of learned that Father Hennessy has some sort of powers as well. Like he asks him to listen to like the ether or whatever. And this is a key point where he takes that protective amulet off of him. And I think I'm not really sure exactly what this amulet does. I know he says later in the movie, it's kind of like a bulletproof vest or something like that. Yeah, but here's the thing. He took it off him, but then he put it in his pocket, didn't he? Yeah, he put it in his pocket. and So I'm, how does he get it later to give to Angela? Well, after oh, he picks he it up. Him, yeah, he, he picks, picks it up after he dies. That's what it is. Because he didn't but, have it around his neck. That's why it, um, it didn't protect him. So I'm wondering if with it around his neck, he's protected, but he also cannot use his kind of seeing powers that, you know, that he has. Maybe. I'm not really sure exactly. They so, never quite dig that deep. There was not enough time in this movie to do that. I do like when John goes home after this. I really like his curtains or his blinds. The one chain that pulls it opens a massive, like, 15, like, giant blinds. It looks like it's um, the kind of chain you use when you lift an engine. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but you're right. We, we we cut to Rachel Weiss. I mean, Angela in, the, Angela in the movie, the cop. Yeah. She's in confession because she's killed somebody in the line of duty again. Apparently, she's got a knack for this type of thing. She's she, got a thing. Yep. She we can, all have our thing. She likes shooting people. Yes. She <laughs> likes to shoot, and she likes to shoot the bad guys. We see her have a dream about her sister, Isabel, committing suicide at the, men, at the mental hospital she's currently in. And it turns out she did. And it turns out, boom, she actually did. Yep. You know, and at the same time, because Angela ends up going, she's a detective. Angela's going. She she goes to the hospital and finds out that, oh, my dream actually is completely true. Exactly. Yes. Happened. Happened. And at the same time, John is going. He's at also at the hospital learning. Getting about his lungs cancer. checked. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Getting, checking out. Oh, by the way, you have advanced stage lunch lung cancer yeah. like it's, it's aggressive and he's like yeah whatever and he lights up a cigarette in the hospital in the hospital lights up a cigarette yeah note that they have video evidence and everything that the sister has jumped off but yes. the sister is so sure that she is such a devout catholic and refuses to believe that her sister would ever right she would not have done that because suicide puts you in hell exactly. which we find out later cut to next scene well no, I'm sorry. There's a funny part right here. She is walking towards the door, towards the elevator. And she goes, hold the door. Are you going down? And John goes, not if I can help it. Which yeah. I thought that was a, a nice little line right there. A little nice little play on words there, yeah. Yeah. So the next scene we, is... We back with Beeman. Oh, is he, this where Beeman comes in? Okay. Yeah, it's where he's back at his place and we meet up with uh, Beeman for the first time. And B-Man, I kind of describe him as... I, I said he's like Q from James Bond. I was about to say, I have, he's like Q from 007. Yeah, I actually was calling him Q the whole way through the first time I took notes because I didn't look up his name. He, yeah, he's the guy that gives John all his little demon fighting toys. Yes. Because the ones that he gave him in this one were bullet shavings from an assassina assassination attempt on the Pope, uh, some holy water balls. Yeah. <laughs> and my question is, I go... Couldn't you make those yourself? Find a priest and make holy water bottles yourself? Do you really have to, like, get them delivered to you? Well, like, it might be whatever the container they're in. I guess they're just made out of glass because you see it later when he crushes it against his chest. But um, uh, 
the screech beat beetle and that dragon's breath. Yes, the dragon's breath is cool. You get to see that later. This is where where John goes to see Gabriel. Won't you miss one part? You see the Mexican cross into the United States. Yeah, and he was this one where he's walking like killing all the all the cows, all the cows. Yeah, which build I, that. Could have totally done without all that. Yeah, build that wall, man. Build that wall, <laughs> right? <laughs> could he have jumped over a wall? I don't know. He jumped over the fence pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Now that you see Constantine goes and talk to Gabriel and you find out that he's going to hell and she says, you've made your choices. They don't, they don't explain yet why, what choices he's made, but well, they, um, they, they, they do talk about it. She's, I, I just was kind of showing how Gabriel is dressed in like a male suit, suit yes. and, you know, doesn't have very feminine features like we were talking about. But he, he arrives at the same time and place Angela. And this is something that I had noticed is because Angela wants to go see the priest. Correct. His burial. And Angela says, I have to see him. And John looks at her and says, first come, first serve. She says him. He doesn't correct and say her or anything. He's like, right. first come, first serve. So like you, that's how I'm thinking that, oh. You know, but she's going to talk to the priest and he's going to talk to Gabriel. So wires crossed anyways but i i see what you're saying he doesn't correct her saying i need to see him being gabriel but we don't really know one way or the other what is it male there is no male or female i think i I think you you nailed that point pretty pretty accurately this is where he he wants to know why you know he thinks haven't i done enough to get knocking all these sending all these demons back to back to hell exactly she says, you're trying to make up for what you've done wrong in the past. This is where she tells him. You are going to die young because you smoked 30 cigarettes a day since you were 15. And you're going to go to hell because of the life you took. You're fucked. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, Kind of surprised to hear that come out of the angel Gabriel's mouth. Yeah. Well, she's got a potty mouth. What can we say? I guess that doesn't keep you out of heaven. But it's something that you know, she's saying is suicide is an unforgivable sin. Yes. All right. Yeah. They so they kind of allude to a little bit of foreshadowing to find out which, more about which, which Constantine, and then it cuts right over to Angela. Saying the same thing about Isabel and needing the Catholic funeral. And and I get it. But what I'm saying is he's supposed to prove that he has faith. But how can he have faith if he has proof that God is in existence? So he can't just have faith on his own. Yeah, he already knows. He's got one straight. So John can't repent. Also. Ah, interesting loophole there. That's pretty much why Gabriel was just like, she so elegantly puts it. You're fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, you tried to kill yourself. You went to hell. You came back. You know all this stuff's true. You can't ask for, you can't do any of this stuff. But technically, I'm like, you died, but you came back to life. So technically, you were you really successful? Were you not attempted suicide? You did not commit, right? Exactly. All right. Anything else? That's the that's the first section of this movie. I felt Uh, that's where it was our first cut line because now you start to really get into the minutia. And getting an understanding of the investigation and, and all that. So anything else? That's all I had for part one. All right, on to part two. 
you see Father Hennessy can read by putting his hand over the newspaper and rolling the eyes back in his head. He doesn't have to actually read it. You see Isabel say Constantine on the security footage right before she jumps off. You see Constantine get attacked by a demon out of snakes and bugs that was really impressive looking. You see Constantine go into a bar that looks like a laid-back version of the club from the opening scene of Blade. You see Angela finds John to get his help and figure out what happened with her sister, so she recruits him to do it. You see tons of demons getting killed by a cloth lit on fire. You see Constantine go to hell and come back. Then you see Father Hennessy drown in alcohol without drinking anything and stabbing himself. You find out that Constantine committed suicide as a kid, so that's why he's going to hell, as we talked about. You find out there's further scripture from the book of Genesis that's kept in hell. And then you see Beeman get killed. A lot of stuff in there, and I know there's some more pieces to add in. But let's go back to the original part where you see Father Hennessy reading the newspaper with his hands. Yeah, you kind of see him using his psychic abilities, and this is where we talk about how his eyes roll back in his head. And yeah. He eventually finds the article about Angela's sister, Isabel. Right. He just kind of puts his hand over 25 newspapers and is able to find what he's specifically looking for. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Then it cuts to Isabel. I'm sorry. um, Angela watching the security footage of her sister. And you see her turn her head and look right at the camera and say Constantine before she jumps off. Which leads to a very weird thing where Angela's phone starts ringing like crazy. It's like her well, cell phone. When you look at it, too, she rewinds it, plays it again, and it doesn't say Constantine the second time. You sure? I thought it said it both times. Pretty pretty sure it didn't say it. The same. Maybe it doesn't, and she stops it, and then the phone starts ringing. Maybe that was why. It now cuts to Constantine, Constantine standing in the rain, coming out of a gas station buying cigarettes. And cough medicine. And cough medicine, right, because he's hacking up a lung. Yeah. And... He encounters that weird bug, weird bug demon. demon that, again, unexplained. You kind of get into the fact that some of these are starting to cross over, and they all hate Constantine because he keeps sending them to hell. And I don't really understand. Like, it gets hit by the car and like explodes. I was like, I was totally could have done. You thought that little box thing would have been what killed it, but it didn't. It kind of just made it a little bit angry. I'm not really kind of pointless. Exactly. I'm not really sure what the demon was, I could have totally done kind of with just like a more regular demon somehow. I was just that or, you know, one kind of like Balthazar. Something a little more traditional. I don't know. Like, I don't know what that was. Because the CGI on it wasn't really very great either for that whole scene. After this, he goes to see Papa Midnight. When I saw it, it said it reminded me of that opening scene of Blade, that weird club they have that he goes to in the first scene of the first Blade movie. Yeah. Definitely has some similarities there. I kind of like how he goes in and you have to know what's on the back of the card. Yeah. That's how Chas can't get in. Um, so we see John. He goes to see Papa Net. He wants to use something called the chair. The chair, which we'll find out about later. But nope. Papa is neutral ground, if you're wondering. Yes. Yeah. And that, this is where Balthazar ground. walks in. Yeah. I said, it's kind of like the Continental in John Wick. It's, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is like the Continental in John Wick. It's exactly <laughs> what it's like. I go, here's where we meet Gavin Rasta, Gavin Rosdale, a.k.a. Balthazar, yeah. with his slick hair suit. Tim and old Johnny Boy exchange a few words. And this is where he has that, that line. This is the line that I 
I'm not sure how I feel about this line. You know, he must have enjoyed Kentucky Fried Chicken back in the day when he talks about him going on his way down because he knows that he's about to die, that he's got terminal lung cancer. Okay. And he calls him fresh meat and then says, finger looking good, and, like, sucks his fingers. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, it's a little weird. Mm, I'm not really sure how I feel about this scene. Side <laughs> note on the band Bush. Uh, our friend Mike V, we used to discuss what would be, and you, you I will hear, hear what your answer to this be too. If you like baseball, what would be your walk up song? And he said Machine Head. And I think that's like the perfect pick. If you're a really good hitter, if you're a clown, then you want to pick something goofy. But I think that would be a very, very good song to have as your walk up song. Something pretty hardcore like that, yeah, would be a good. Maybe something like Seek and Destroy by Metallica or something. Something you need a good guitar 25-second riff. You don't even want any uh, audio, really. Thunderstruck, something like that. Mm-hmm. Next was Angela goes to talk to Constantine because she wants to recruit him. She knows who he is and his his background, and she wants him to help her find her sister. And she says, they think she killed herself. She was in a mental hospital. He goes, yeah, what kind of mental patient kills themselves? That's just crazy. Kind of cold there from John Constantine, but uh, an important part of understanding that he doesn't really care about anything. He's he's cold this entire scene to her. Very cold. Very cold. It well, wasn't he, until... Well, you look before, it's, he's like just smoking too, and he traps that spider underneath the glass right. and blows smoke, and he's like, welcome to my life. Yeah. Which also in another scene, he blows smoke underneath there, and then in like the next scene, there's like three times as much smoke underneath Yeah, the glass. it does. It, it, there is a lot of smoke when she lets the spider out at the end. He sees the demons fly by outside, and that he completely switches everything. Because yeah, now he knows they're after her, and he has kind of his mental obligation. At the same time, he's trying to work, you know, get on the good side. So he goes out and saves. He lights the cloth on fire and kills all the demons. And, you know, I said I've seen this movie a ton of times. I feel like I've seen that scene 30 times. I feel like it's always when I turn it on is right then and there. I enjoy that scene, actually. Yeah, And maybe the part is I will see it coming. I know that scene. I'll wait until I see that scene. I also really like something that I noticed, speaking of Blade, is when all the demons light up, they kind of light up like the vampires die. Yes. And actually, I'm going to get to another Blade thing later when we get towards the end. That it was the reason I looked up the director because I wanted to see if there was a connection between him and Blade, and there's not. But there is a lot of. I even looked at the director for this, who's done a ton of movies, um, and I'll pull his name up later. But he hadn't done Blade either. So I th- you're right; it looks the exact same way as they die in Blade Two, where they kind of just turn into ash. I don't know if it's the same studio. Maybe they use for that. That might have been why. I mean, someone might have seen it and said, "Hey, we really like that. Let's let's use that in ours." Uh, so he sees her in trouble. He knows she's in trouble, and he he says an interesting thing right after, which she throws up and says, "It's the sulfur." It happens to everyone the first time uh, because they they burn and smell like sulfur. But at the same time, he says an important line: "says I don't think they were here for me." He he does he does. I had that written down too. He informs her that they weren't after him there, but for her, like letting her know, like, "Hey." They weren't after me. Yeah. They're after so, you. So the next thing they do is... Which, which, just something very out of context here that I noticed. 
So after seeing demons, she's like joking around with them a little bit. Like, yeah, I think I would have been like, I was like shitting my pants. I was like, mm, you are really calm. I mean, yeah. I know you're a cop and everything, but you're pretty right. calm about everything. Which you find out later, she used to see these in her past. But I still, that would have those things were terrifyingly. You know, they're missing the top half of their head. I think is really interesting. They have no brain. Well, not that they would have a brain of demons, but you know what I mean? Like the top half of their head is completely cut off. So next they, he finds a way to go. Well, not find a way. He goes to hell to go look for Isabel. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is. Travels, I love, he uses, he travels to hell using a pot of water and a cat. And a cat. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. Didn't know it was that easy. Didn't know it was that easy. I, I, I have to say it is a awesome visual representation of hell, regardless of what specific religious beliefs you happen to have. The visual representation of what their hell is is an amazing-looking thing. I think it's I the think, best I've ever seen in any movie or anything. I, I do, I do like it. You know, it has that. What would Earth look like if it was hell? Yeah, you know, if you, if yeah, pretty much. Because yeah. you see the cars, and people were, you know, you're like, oh, there's cars in yeah, hell. Like abandoned cars. You can see buildings that look like they're in ruins. And it looks. Um, I have an interesting fact about that later when we get into the, the internet stuff, um, some of the internet research we did, but yeah, just that, that representation of hell. And then you see it again later when she goes, it's just, it's so visually stunning the way they did it, where it looks like wind is blowing so hard. It's pulling pieces of everything apart. So it reminds yeah. you to be a good person, people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so the last thing is, is he sees Isabel and he sees it. It's the exact representation of what she did on the balcony before she jumped off she rips off her bracelet and lets it go in the wind as she looks back and sees him kind of recreating the whole scene and he jumps up and grabs it and smashes her off and to come back and comes back with the thing so he can prove to her that she is there yeah and i was saying something else i thought was cool was it was interesting to see how long he was in hell for and how like no time right oh she it froze time essentially yeah, pretty much first time. So when he talks to her later and tells her about how he was dead for two minutes, two minutes in hell is like a lifetime. Yeah. You get a little bit of a res- representation of that just yeah. from this scene right here. Oh, oh, also something that I just wanted to add about the scene. I like when she comes back in because she hears him like coughing and everything. And you just see like steam coming off of his body. Right. Forgot about the steam. That's a, mm-hmm. an important thing. So now we're back to Father Hennessy. He goes to the morgue to check on Isabel's body. And as he rolls her hand over on her wrist, that symbol shows up, the cross with the circle through it. And he just starts freaking out. He starts trying to drink. Is his flask holy water or is it liquor? I think it's alcohol because when he's drinking it, he drinks it at the beginning. And I thought it might have been holy water to try and keep him safe. But I'm, I thought, no, 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 to the store and starts trying to drink wine and nothing will come out. And he starts trying to drink anything and nothing will come out. And which, he drowns which... in alcohol. Which, here's a little interesting fact for you. The first two bottles he grabs are wine. How did he, he just reached in there. How do you uncork those barehanded? Maybe they're twist off. It didn't look like it. When no. you look at it in the scene, I watched then it. Obviously, twice. it's not going to open, is it? <laughs> exactly. And he, but he, he breaks the other bottle. So I was like, I could have yeah. broken, but he didn't break them. No, he didn't. Yeah, I just could have snapped it off and tried to drink it out. But kind of a weird scene. Well, uh, also, you might want to toss out that his name is Father Hennessy. Hennessy. Oh yeah, good point. Little uh, <laughs> little tip of the cap to Hennessy. So, but he does manage to take a bottle opener 
and start jamming it into his hand and making that symbol. You find out after they find the body of the circle with the cross in it. Pretty sure. I don't understand why he grabs that. Cause there were like pens and markers. I'm pretty sure inside the thing that he knocked over. Yeah, I guess he could have wrote it, but I, I guess he wanted to make sure he saw it and saw the blood. He also could have just taken the thing and cut the circle instead of jamming it into his hand like that. I digress. So you also then find out, be, before they find the body, you find out John is a suicide kid and he's destined for hell. Because he had this tortured past. He tried to kill himself when he was like 14. And he has this gift slash curse to see demons and angels and understand all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then they find the priest and see the message. Did you talk about how Balthazar walked in the door? No, I missed that part. So Balthazar, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. So he's he walked, falling. He, he walked, yeah, he walked into like so we so we know that so these uh, half breeds who can go, come onto Earth can play some sort of mind trick, almost like on him. Yes, and, and had he, he had that his amulet on, he might have lived. He no, might have been it, safe. He would have. He would have been safe. Yeah. Because I think that part of it is is that when John goes and pulls that off of him, it's just a little extra salt in the wound for him because he knows that he told him to take it off to help him. Yeah, you're right. And that's a really weird part from early on was he, you're right to take it off, which why did he tell him to take him off? But keep it on him, I guess. I don't know. Well, you know, and I think part of the reason why he wanted him to take it off, because like I said, I'm not sure if maybe if he's wearing it, he's able to use those like. Is my only thing that I can really think of that makes any sense. That's true. But he said it. He he, he says in the scene that it can make your like guiltiest pleasures be your demise or something like that. Like during that scene, as he's like voiceovering as Balthazar is walking to the liquor store type thing. Uh, it kind of explains that a little bit. Oh, and by the way, the clerk's an angel or half breed or whatever. Oh yeah, they do show that later <laughs> as he's starting to talk about demons and angels in. living in. in and he just he just does shit he does nothing thanks right. for thanks for the help where's the balance bro yeah where's that balance <laughs> well maybe they're supposed to do they're supposed to protect but they can't fight in plain sight i don't know but all right uh last part of this of part two is angela gets that call pretty much while they're eating there about father hennessy and that's when yeah. joel i mean john walks in pulls the amulet out of his pocket he sees that he has that symbol carved into his hand, so he takes an imprint of it. Uh, he calls Beeman and tells him the news about what happened to Father Hennessy and asks him to find out more information about the symbol. And then this is where John and Angela go back to the hospital. I'll say, yeah, because I, I wrote the news you would leave a message on the window. Yeah, this is where they find out Angela and her sister were connected because they're twins. Yes, and they leave message of breaths, which I, right. this is one of those scenes that I really didn't like when she when he's like coming at her and like yelling at screaming her, screaming at her, yeah. And she's like they're like having that angry fight, and then she just goes like, "I don't know," and then she's like laying there, and then she goes, "I used to leave each other notes," and it's like, "Well, then, honey, you did know, you did know, <laughs> and you probably should have told him right away." Right. The window is where we find out that the, find out that Corinthians yeah. goes to. Yeah. Goes to twenty one in the yeah. Bible from twenty one. Yeah. All that. That's stuff. what it was. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. And earlier I said the, the book of Genesis. It's not the book of Genesis. It's the book of the um, the, the Bible itself. Corinthians. Yeah. The okay. Bible from twenty one. Yeah. So they realize that the son of the devil is looking to escape Memon. by forging his own kingdom on earth. Is it Mammon? Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Yeah. I believe it is. he says Mammon. Yeah. That he can cross. Uh, he just needs. 
a powerful psychic and divine assistance. divine assistance. He needs help from God. Somehow. Yeah. So he's kind of Beeman's kind of freaking out on the phone this whole time. Well, you hear like noises behind him. The machines and... kick on out of yeah. nowhere, and then they realize he's in trouble. They take off. They go to the bowling alley and find him dead, completely in what looks like flies. Yeah, covered in flies. Which mm-hmm. Beeman is a bug guy. So another thing, like Father Hennessy loved to drink. That was one of his things. He ends up dying by something that he likes. Yeah. Thing here, it's like death by irony, pretty much. That's right. That's a good. It's a, it's an excellent point there, Mike. I whatever their vice is, I guess is, yeah. is what ends up being their demise. So that's the end of part two of this, uh, our three part piece we have of this as we broke it up. So part three begins. Uh, we have the Mexican is on the move with the Spear of Destiny and hijacks a car. Reveals that she has had the gift as, since she was a kid, but was somehow able to ignore it. They drown her. Constantine gets in a fight with Balthazar. Angela gets dragged to the world's weird, widest building of all time, and I'll complain about that later. John gets the electric chair. John goes on a killing spree of demons. You find out Gabriel's bad, or not bad, but has. Uh, some vindictiveness. And they try to give birth to the son of the devil in a really weird way. And then the devil himself shows up and kind of messes everything up for everybody. So let's go back to the Mexican on the move with the Spirit of Destiny. Is, that's how he gets to L.A. He finds the first car, takes it, and takes off. Nothing really to, to, to get into there. But the important part is you find out that Angela says that she has had this gift since she was a kid and saw things just like her sister. But she was kind of able to block them out where her sister was not. Yeah, what they said is that she lied to people and told them that she didn't see anything when she really did until one day she just stopped seeing stuff. Yeah, she just stopped seeing stuff. After denying and denying and denying, she eventually... She was able to actually go walk away from it. As I said, they... Realize that she needs to see things for herself this time around. And as I said, they drown her. They put her in a tub. There's a funny thing here. So he has her like take off her jacket. And she goes, do I have to take the rest of my clothes off or can I leave them on? That's like a pause. She goes, John? He goes, I'm thinking. So that was a nice little move he pulled there. It's like, mm, I'm just going to yeah. let you think about it for a second. Yeah, I could take all your clothes off. So she sees those that are possessed, I think, or does she does she go to hell? They don't really show what she sees. No, yeah, just kind of, you know, like I said, he to get her steam power, power back, they like you said, they basically drowned her. But hey, she's psychic again, so that yeah, works. she's psychic again. She get, she sees the she she starts getting a little weird here. Something, something realizes make, just something that, that didn't make sense to me is when she gets in the tub, she takes her jacket off, but she leaves her shoes on. Yeah, I got what you're interested in. Lady, yeah. and breaks the tub, and then th- that's why I don't know if she goes to hell or not because now she's steaming when she comes out. And I know, and also, they said you have to be fully submerged. Like her hands were out to start, and then she's fighting. And she's her- fighting it the whole time, so it must just be like majority of your body has. To I be love it. how calm he is while he's doing it, though. Yeah, that is that is a good thing. <laughs> very funny. He's just like 
No, this is going to work. Don't worry. Yeah. I promise you won't actually drown. So she has the vision of goes back to where Beeman was killed and says someone was here and she kneels down and grabs Balthazar's coin out of the grate below. This is where some of I noticed that some of his line deliveries are not very good. He's just like, Balthazar. Keanu? Yeah. Some, yeah he's, some, some of the lines are pretty delivered pretty weak. He might have mailed a couple of these ones in. Yeah. Here's a question I have. Where do they do that drowning at? Was it a hospital? No, I believe that was at his apartment because they at his apartment? Okay. Because they, they go downstairs almost immediately. To and that he lives above. Oh, the it was at. Oh, Beeman lives. He lives above board. Beeman. Okay, I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so John, John gets pissed off. He makes his little um, Christ gun. Yeah, he makes his Christ gun, and he takes the dragon's breath, and they go to visit Balthazar, who somehow oh, works in this incredible. Like office building. Well, I also noticed too that the he make when he makes his gun like the dragon's breath is part of that gun. Yeah, yeah. It's like all put together. He puts his big like massive cross gun, which they should have made like a crossbow. I think because it's perfectly it's a cross. It's perfectly set up to be called a crossbow. Would have been kind of cool, but I kind of like it as a gun. John gives the amulet to her to wear, mm-hmm. and puts it around her neck. Mm-hmm. He goes in to see Balthazar, and they start their fight scene, which is a pretty good fight scene. I like it. It's good. You know, he gets burnt with the the dragon's breath, but he makes a good line, says, I'm from fire. That hurt me, or something along those lines. He's like, I was born of fire, or something yeah. like that. And then he hits him with, I think, the holy water. The holy water ball. Yeah. And then hits him with, just whoops his ass with these blessed brass knuckles. I think those are probably my favorite weapon that he has. They are very cool. They got four crosses on it, and they've been blessed by like a bishop or something. And he just pounds away on him. He could have killed him, but he didn't, which is weird. Well, he ends up, he does kill him, actually. When you think about it, right before he leaves, he shoots him. Oh, that's right. That's right. They don't show it, but you're right. They do. Yeah. The the Hoy Brass Knuckles really do the trick in this scene. He gets Balthazar to spill his guts because he starts reading him his last rites, which means he's going to go to heaven. That's right. He, he, he reads him the last rites, which is yeah. an impressive move to get him to do it. Because but, then tells him, hey, guess what? You have to ask for forgiveness or to receive absolution or whatever. And then... The, of course, his stubborn little... I don't even want to say... Doesn't stay in the car and takes your jacket off, which makes the amulet fall off. Right. So That's what I'm saying. How did it come off that easy? Well, I'm wondering if when he put it on, it didn't go around her neck and he put it like around her coat. Could have been. And he didn't quite clasp it together, right? So maybe yeah, we can so. blame him for it. I'm not so she goes in and she suddenly just gets vacuum sucked through this building. This building is the worst building in history. How many rooms does she go through? 25? Well, there's that one scene where he like, has to jump between a gap. So I'm wondering if it goes through another building that's right Maybe that's it. Like, I work in an office building, and if you were to pull someone at that speed from one side to the other, they'd be out in three seconds. The, it, she just keeps going and going and going and going and going and then just disappears off into the night. This is where John has to go to see Midnight. Yep. And he demands to use the chair. Demands to use the chair. 
and they almost he almost gets himself killed. He talks him in, he talks midnight down. We kind of tells him, you know, he, I guess you know. He father, said they've they've come too far. You can't you can't take their side on this. You can't well, be he, neutral anymore. This is not a neutral situation. Well, he's like, you're the only one playing by the rules, you know. And he talks about how Hennessy and Beeman both have been killed, and yeah. he he was friends with those guys. You know, considered a last request since he's going to die anyways. So yeah. So you find out the election cha- or the electrocution chair is the one from Sing Sing Prison, which is the most infamous prison in. Uh, it's an island off of New York City, which I thought was pretty cool. And they said something like three hundred people been. Soul, I think it said something like 300 souls have been fried by this or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember the exact number. But they electrocute him in a very cool way. They kind of pour water on the floor and then take a lightning. Um, he smack, he breaks a light bulb and then lights the light bulb at the end of a lamp and then touches the water to electrocute him. And as it electrocutes him, it shows him how the spear traveled from Mexico to where it is, which is now back to the hospital where Isabel was in the first place. It's kind of interesting, too, how right at the end of that scene where he's there, he's, like, getting kind of strangled by the guy, and he, like, has to yell for midnight to pull. Yeah, and he pulls him back out. That's kind of a weird thing. Next, you see Chaz. Yeah. Chaz comes with him to the to midnight to see Min. Because when he walks in this time, instead of saying what's on the card, he just knocks the bouncer. Knocks him out, yeah. <laughs> Turns out Chaz is, like, a munitions expert. And this is the only time you see Shia LaBeouf being Shia LaBeouf. Speaking real fast, talking about the gold and the crosses and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure, like, you might want to look this up, uh, but how he's melting gold on just, like, a stove. Like, are you capable? Can you get something hot enough to let melt me look, gold? Let me look at what gold's melting point as well uh, point while we is, continue on. Like I said, I'm not really sure exactly what it is, but it just feels like it'd probably be something hotter than that. <laughs> It's at 1,948 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, so I, I think doubt. it's going to be a little bit, a little bit, not not quite there. Unless, you not know, Papa Midnight's got some, some hot, <laughs> some hot, hot, <laughs> some hot, 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 yeah. You never know, know, you know. You never know. What's going on in there with, with the, yeah. with those that are possessed, so. But when they, when they flash back to uh, Angel at the hospital, like laying in the pool and she pops up. And that guy's across the Mexican guy. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls a little like alligator pops out of the out of the water. <laughs> yeah, she freaks out and she pulls her gun out. And I I, I don't know. She has one of those endless clips, you know. I think yes. I about thirty rounds maybe. <laughs> it, it did it did go pretty. There there were a lot of uh, bullets. I counted. Sure. I counted twenty nine, and then I looked it up, and someone broke down thirty, and I was like, that makes sense. I probably missed one, but I was it was like I listened for a reload, and I was like, but she wouldn't have had a clip on her anyways because she was just wearing like a t-shirt and pants yeah and but didn't you know there's no change it's just boom 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 boom. oh one of those endless movie clips love it so, so we get, yeah john and chase go chas 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 kramer go to the hospital to stop whatever's gonna happen from happening yeah from they pulled a very a very smart move here because they knew there were all these demons in the like blocking the door essentially to the pool Mm-hmm. And they needed a way to knock him down. So he grabs, he, he asked Midnight for the ba- biggest cross he had. And like they an go and put it in the the tank where the, the, the sprinkler system would go. He goes in and says, you're all, in, he says in the most calm way, you're all in violation. I have to deport you now. And puts his lighter up to it. Now there, this is, I have to pat myself on the back for this one. When they show them start getting it the water starts going down. I look at the person on camera. I go, 
that's Michelle Moynihan. And I looked it up, and that was her. She was supposed she to have is, a bigger part. She was supposed to have a bigger part. Uh, she was originally said to be a demon named Ellie, who was Constantine's lover. However, they wanted Constantine to be like this loner when Angela goes to see him, so they left her out. I don't know if that would have fit in the movie. I think it would have made things a little too weird. Yeah, it would have like made have this demon kind of hanging out in the room, this hot ass demon hanging out. So they gave her this other role instead, which was one line. Just one line, and uh, this is the first Michelle Moynihan and Shia LaBeouf movie before they did Eagle Eye. Yeah, down the road. But back to when Chase puts that uh, Chas. Sorry, I keep on Chase. Chas shoots the hole into like the yeah, water. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. I'm not sure what a water tank is made out of, but could you take a shotgun and shoot a hole in it? I don't know. I don't you know, could, but here's the other thing. I know he there's different kind of rounds, like shot and stuff like that, but you know, I don't know. But the, but the first thing is, when he makes the hole, the hole is too small. He's trying I was to say it's nowhere near big enough. He's like, he can't maybe get it, it, then it suddenly they goes just in. Cut, they just cut to it dropping into the water. Like, could have shown him taking the butt of the gun and like kind of banging out the hole a little bit. It made more sense, but I, I thought the or, exact same thing. Or, you know, be like, oh, we need to make a bigger hole. Yeah. To make this easy to get into or have him shoot it twice. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just easy fix. I so like. next comes my next Blade reference. So as soon as the they all start melting, all the demons start melting, he goes on a shooting rampage and starts shooting them, and it looks exactly like Blade. Well, like, I see. it looks exactly like Blade, but I wrote, John, John proceeds to go John Wick on all the demons. <laughs> he does, he goes, <laughs> but it looked like Blade. This is, you know, as we referenced before, the, the party... And the demon, the, the the bar they were in earlier, and the demons earlier, but this reminded me of Blade more than anything. No, I agree. It definitely is a Blade like rave party. The only thing he was missing is a sword that would have come out and started cutting him in half, and it would have been full on Blade, and maybe some sunglasses. So he goes and he kills all the demons off. He goes into the pool, pulls the body up, and it's the Mexican guy, and he's dead. So you see, oh, I guess we missed the part where Michelle Moynihan. I'm sorry, um. Rachel Weiss, Angela goes to hell and gets, I guess, not either possessed or knocked up by. Did she get raped? I don't know. Was there some I don't rape know. Yeah, they, was, it a, was it a rape? Was it a. Because she's kind of in the belly. Really say that she's now the mother of. I she think just had did. to be the one who could bring him to life. I think she's just possessed, kind of like the demon was in the first scene. Yeah, it's, but instead of coming out of the neck, they're just coming out of the stomach. Well, it was, you know, it's probably it's, it's started probably higher and moved down to the stomach because he had to put the second time they put the hand on the stomach or whatever. Yeah. But it's very, it's a very similar look to what the other one was. You know, yes. coming yeah. it's very similar look. So I feel like it's probably just it came and possessed the body somehow. Yeah. So you see, Chaz finally gets his chance to do his first exorcism, and it works because he he chimed in and, and helped out whatever he said in whatever language he said it in, helped calm things down. And then you see her start freaking out. Or is this, does Chaz get killed first? No, no, she, what actually happens is John pulls her down, stops it, and then she looks okay, and then she starts freaking out Yeah, because it's like in his stomach trying to get out. Then he tries to get in the stomach, and that's when Chaz comes and that's helps Chaz. Him. Okay. And then when everything seems all hunky-dory, this is when Chaz gets rid of like, gets- being... Lifted up and down, on a piano or whatever. 
See, it hits the ceiling and the ground multiple times. Yeah, and it kills him. This is something that, you know, this is whenever John, he, like, gets extra mad and rolls his sleeves up, and he says, I'm like, into the light I command. Yeah, it's when he puts his things together, it makes Gabriel reveal herself. tattoos on his arms together. Is it just Gabriel? Is it an angel? Is it, you know, I'm not really sure exactly what other powers these tattoos have. I guess it allows him to make those that are trying to hide show themselves. They can't hide anymore. Yeah. So th- there was something I read about what the tattoos represented, but I, I kind of buzzed over it. Gabriel comes down and like gets like a foot to the chest. Yeah. To the so you find out Gabriel is pissed because humans get preference where they are stuck being the servants of God forever. So she wants to assist the devil's son, Momon, into creating his own hell on earth and essentially punishing all the humans. She's had enough of the humans. So after she whoops John's ass and throws him into the other room and shuts the door. No, she blows him in there with her rank breath. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, Take that. John makes a move that I, you had to explain this to me, I think at least twice. Because again, every time I caught this movie, I only caught bits and pieces. John realizes the only thing he can do is bring the devil here, because the devil's the only one that kind of would not want this situation to happen and has the power to stop it. So he slits his own wrists and bleeds out. And now comes Peter Stormare in a white suit with oil all over, or like, Tar, motor oil with tar all over his feet. Interesting, uh, interesting pick. They got you know, a little. What I read is that he actually picked that outfit out himself. They wanted him to be like shirtless, wearing like a having like an a old dog tattoo. collar or something, right? They had a dog collar like tattooed on his chest. Almost sounded like some sort of like S and M dominatrix. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And he was so, like, "No, let's do it this way." And I'm really glad that they went with this instead yeah. of one. this. This ending, the way they ended this movie was. Again, if you're not paying attention, you're really not going to catch all what happens. And you had to explain it to me once or twice because you'd seen this movie a couple times before I finally saw it for the first time, I think. So I said this reminds me of college because I remember watching it with you. Because but, well, what's being said is that John's soul is the one soul that Satan would come up to collect himself. Correct. So he knows if he slits his wrists and kills himself that Satan is going to come up. And he can tell him, oh, hey, guess what? What's going on in the other room over there? Yeah. And that's essentially what happens. He talks to him, you know, and he tells him, hey, how? He's like, pretty much, you're like, how's the family? How's the family? <laughs> it's like, oh, busy, busy, busy. I thought that was really he's funny. Like, I hear that son of yours, you know, is a real piece of work. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. And he's like, he's in the other room with Gabriel. He's like, oh, really? You know, home. And the Spirit of Destiny or something. And the Spirit of Destiny. And I like his little company. He's like, they have the Spirit of Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> like, talking <laughs> a little bit. And, so, you know, he go, he goes in the other room and stops Gabriel and his son from cross, crossing over. I really like when Gabriel tries to smite him, as she says, and tries to yes. punch him. And it just, the fist just stops. Yeah, it's, he, like, so it's like someone doesn't have your back anymore. Like, God don't have your back no more. Yeah. Back to what I was saying about the visually stunning thing of hell. It's also really, really cool when he breaks the glass and slowly walks through it. I thought that was really cool, the way they had it just suspended in air. That special effects was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like simultaneously, he sends his son back to hell, 
and burns Gabriel's wings off. Yes, and Gabriel ends up in the water, rendering, essentially rendering her human. I guess is what we find yes. out. Too. She's no longer, uh, no longer going to be. We keep saying she because it's Tilda Swinton. Yeah, which is fine. We can refer to her as she. Yes, uh, we, can, we can assume that she has an angel vagina and Stormer <laughs> has a Satan penis. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that <laughs> just because of the characters that played them, the actors that played them. So now you find that he goes back and says, all right, I'll give you whatever you want. He goes back to John and says, thanks for doing that for me. I'll give you whatever you want. He's pretty and much he's, just like, he, he goes to last, his last request. Yeah. He, well, he goes, so what do you want an extension? And that's when he yeah. tells him, he's like, no, Isabel, like, you know, pretty much yeah. like let her, into heaven. let her out of, out of hell and let her go to heaven. And he says, all right, let's go. And he starts dragging her by the arm. And suddenly he just, weighs 12,000 metric tons and he won't go any further starts cracking the the tiles and you realize that because he made a sacrifice he is now I I don't know if it's repented but he is removed of his previous sin and now able to go to heaven and he starts floating to heaven and you can see heaven in the background which some somehow some way happens to just be a series of skyscrapers and nothing else (laughs) and The devil grabs him and says, I don't think so. So he reaches in his chest and rips out every piece of cancer he has and says, you know, I want you to live a long, long life so you can fuck up again. And you're coming back to you're going to be coming back to hell. Yeah, he, he has to he wants to make sure he earns. He has to do a lifelong of earning. His yeah. Way to heaven. Which was another thing that you had to explain to me. Because I said, what is he doing? What's he ripping out of him? And I didn't realize he had lo- you know, I was only catching half of the movie as you were watching it. So, um, yeah. so you find that all out that he is now a living, walking human being again. Still has all his weird powers, but goes in, grabs Angela, says, "Welcome back to reality," and punches Gabriel in the face. Punches Gabriel in the face. That's right. And she falls in the water, and she tries to tell him, "You know, you're still going to go to hell," or, or whatever she yells at him, but. Last part, you now see, this was a little bit weird to me, but they're standing in the same place. They're now standing on the roof of where Isabel jumped off, and John walks up with the Spear of Destiny is, is, wrapped is in a towel. In? I just thought it was at, like a roof above like... Oh, I, th- I thought it was the same place. Maybe, maybe I, th- I, I, think, I think that scene's meant to be like not the same night. Oh, Because okay. when you think about it, he picks the spear up, and then he has it wrapped up when he actually goes to hand it to her. That's true. So he wraps it up in hand and says, "Go." To, she's like, what do you want me to do this? He said, put it somewhere that no one can find it, even me. I don't know why it matters that he can't find it, but go and hide it wherever. It's the rules, he said, Ed. It's the rules. So that's the end. That's how the movie ends. So it, I thought it was a good job of kind of having a way that the devil shows up and having all these weird twists to it. My, I said, my curious part was is that the whole self-sacrifice thing was he technically not self-sacrificing himself already by slitting his wrists and killing himself and saving the whole world, pretty much giving up his life to save the, save the, the world. Much, Maybe, but world. I think the giving but, Isabel, but, but that, but that one, but that one girl that he's like, no, take her to take, take her to heaven. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause he said he could have had, instead of, ex- in exchange for getting his life extended, he wanted her to go to heaven and he was going to go to hell. 
that was what the I think the sacrifice was. Yeah. However, I, know, I, know, I know what it was supposed to be, but I was just I was like wondering about that. I'm like, well, technically, didn't he kind of sacrifice himself already? <laughs> yeah. However, there is an after credit scene. Did you know this? Yes, I did. I do know the post credit. I did not see it until tonight. There did you also know that he he we we I just like to toss out that at the very end before the post credit scene, we see him pull out a pack of gum and he starts chewing gum. He's no longer smoking cigarettes. Oh no, I missed that part. <laughs> yeah. He throws a piece of gum in his mouth instead of starts smoking cigarettes. So so the to make that same mistake twice. Yeah. But the after credit scene, uh, he is at Chas's tombstone. And he lays down his lighter on there because I guess now he's quit smoking. And out of nowhere, you see Chas pops out. You see these giant wings pop out. And Chas is perched on top of his tombstone. And then he just takes off. You can see he's ascending now. He's an angel. Yep. I thought that was kind of cool. All right. Anything else in the movie? Just something that I noticed that I've kind of, you know, did you ever feel that there's a little bit of sexual tension between John and Angela? Yeah, that's actually one of the some of the thoughts and questions I brought up. I think I know why they never kiss in the movie. And Go here's on. my Well, we see they're hanging out pretty much the entire movie. Yeah. John's always hacking up a lung and she's already puked. So their breath probably reeks. <laughs> that would be every part single, of it. Every but... single time they get close, they're probably like a bad thing about it. They're just like, man, the breath kind of stinks. <laughs> Has anybody brushed their teeth? It's it's an interesting <laughs> thought. The the one the first thing I want to do is what are additional taglines or different taglines or titles for the movie? I had two of them. One, instead of being called Constantine, I'd call it constantly smoking. And the other one would be Angels and Demons. Because he actually uses the line "angels and demons" at one point, but there ended up being a different movie starring Tom Hanks ten years later called "Angels and Demons." Do you have any other ones? I was try- I, I you know I thought about it for a minute. I was trying to do a play on you know I was trying to think of some sort of John Wick play on because yeah. he kind of is a combo of thoughts on the movie as much as a like sci it's as much a sci-fi movie as a is a religious movie. Because it it has some some dogmaish things to it. They dabble with Catholicism and the spirit of destiny and the devil and all that stuff. But it's more of like a sci fi, and as we said, it's a it's a comic book character versus like a religious movie. And, and the only thing I had is that I've seen this movie, like I said, like thirty times, but only seen the first half. I don't think I've even seen the first half of the movie more than once or twice, which explains a lot. <laughs> explains a lot. Explains a lot of the movie uh, when you see that that opening stuff. So, In, I I think the main thing with this movie is if you're like a hardcore, you follow the comic books, you may not enjoy the movie because they don't follow. Like you said, the per- it's supposed to be a guy from London, and uh, you know he's supposed to have blonde hair. He's supposed to have an accent like that. Like, could they have cast a better? Pl- person to even play an English version sure do I think that Ken Reeves did a fine job yeah I think Ken Reeves did a fine job I enjoy watching the movie whenever I watch it so that's all really yes. matters to me yeah and one of the things I read and I don't think I have this noted later is they originally were going to try and make this movie as a British version and it got it just didn't get any traction the Hollywood people the Hollywood producers didn't want anything to do with it and as soon as they 
flipped it over to an American version, started getting some names. They got excited about it. So I have some unanswered questions that I want to see what you thought happens next because they didn't answer them in the movie. Number one, what happens to the guy whose hair turned gray? Did he die? Is he possessed? Did he age by 50 years? They never really say anything. Does, the guy who looked at the mirror. Did after they kill the demon, did it turn back to normal? You know, like, oh, yeah, that, there's another one. Happened. I already asked this once, but what happened with her phone ringing? Who called her and why did they never talk about it again? Was it her sister calling? I, yeah, I don't, I said it, all her phones just start ringing. I just think it was just supposed to be kind of just, uh, you know, like an a, omen. Yeah, just like a freaky thing type, yeah. you know. Not really sure what it was supposed to mean. Yeah. The next one. Uh, do you think Constantine has any feelings of love, lust, affection, caring? Well, especially now that this part's over. At at the very end of the movie, she says to him, "See you around," and he's like, "I'd like that." So he, he's obviously got. So I said, he's got some sort of. I read somewhere where there wasn't supposed to be any like love interest between them. I go, yeah. but that kind of makes it sound like it does a little bit. That was actually my next question. Do you think they ever hooked up in the future? Do you think they came back around? Yeah, John hit it for sure. John hit it for sure. All right. <laughs> uh, I think we already know the answer to this question, but why were they not able to use Isabel? Is it because she killed herself? And is that why she killed herself? Did she know that was coming? I think that's why. And I think she killed herself knowing that this was happening. Cause right. she could, she's a psychic and could see it happening and knew that the really only way that she could get John Constantine's attention was going this route. Was right. And getting her sister's attention. And that's saying his name and then leaving the message of what the the Bible verse was and everything. And you know, the last one I was oh, gonna say I just noticed something in my head that there's once because you know they show her up close face right next to Isabel's body when she's looking at it. She's like putting her hands through the hair. And I first thought that it was like a really good split picture somehow that they were doing somehow. But actually that body of Rachel Weiss is a like replica of her. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it's a cool. remake. And I said to go, it looks really good. Yeah, the, <laughs> the it case. looks it's like awesome. they just CGI'd it. Yeah. But I mean, it's apparently like a remake of her real body. Last one, what do you think she did with the Spirit of Destiny? Do you think she wrapped it in a Nazi flag and put it in Mexico? Wrapped it in an American flag. Put it underneath <laughs> the wall. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You want to hear some of my questions here? Yeah, yeah. I wrote down some. Just, okay, good. Yeah, I came up with a few, just a couple. I asked, how did the spirit end it up in Mexico? Well, so the my theory is is a lot of Nazis fled. Yeah, I I, I thought Central about America. This. Deep. No, they they fled to South America. Yeah, they fled to Argentina and then into Bolivia. But one of them must have snuck his way up to Central America and buried it. That's the. But I mean, it was underneath a church. Should have been. Well, I think the. I think they probably would have wanted it to be in Argentina or Bolivia first, but they thought it would have taken too long for the for the person to get all the way to Los Angeles. Yeah, and then it could have been weird to see him sitting on a plane with his eyes facing forward, holding the Spear of Destiny. Yeah. Going through security. I also put down. Uh, I asked about the tattoos and what they mean. 
and what kind of magic or whatever. Yeah, the, I can look that up. It's 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 in the. I looked up some of those in, in, uh, additional facts, and one of them it's it's some type of. I'll look it up while you're while you're asking your next question. And the last one I have is it's about the holy water they're used, and does it does it only make them turn into their like demon form? Like I don't really understand what the point of it was. They use the holy water. Oh yeah, they're demons. Okay, I get it. Now I'm gonna shoot them and kill them. Does it make them like weaker? Like I don't really know exactly what the holy water is supposed to do. Because even when he smashes Balthazar in the face with that holy water, he's like, ah, that's right, all natural, and he grabs him like just, like choking him. And I, yeah, I was, I was just kind of like, did that even do anything? Like, what's that do? Did that just like piss him off? Like, I, I guess like it melted his face, but it didn't kill him. Yeah, like I was like, sh- I feel like either. Holy water seems like a very ineffective weapon. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 more like a, a stun. Yeah. All right. So here it says the tattoo on Constantine's arms is the achemical symbol of Red King, which was worn by him for protection. It is the fire triangle with radiating arrows below represents the perfect Red King or the sulfur of the philosophers. Not sure what that really means, but he puts them together and says his thing. It seems like anybody that's hiding. Be- any type of curtain, I guess you could say, within the human world has to reveal themselves. That's all I can really tell about it. Best scene in the movie. I went with when he goes to hell, just because I said it is so visually stunning. But I also gave a nomination to the conversation with, between the devil and him when he's here to, there to collect. I just think it's the way they talked, I thought was pretty funny. Thought it was that's well that's what I put down to when he's like lighting yeah. his cigarette too and yeah. everything yeah, and talks about like ah oh, when you cut it deep yeah. you cut it deep you cut the tendons yeah and like yeah. you can lose all control yeah that's what I have written down as my best scene is whatever yeah. saying because I think that he might be I have him written down when we have characters coming up here too that yeah. he might be best action scene I had I'm sorry the worst scene I, I skip one the but the worst scene the tub scene when he drowns her. I just thought it was a little weird. And I it, it left more questions than an answer. I I put down two that I probably liked the least, and I, that was when he fights the bug crab monster thing sure. in the street. Like it just didn't really make sense. I understand they're trying to make it like he's being attacked out and open again, but I just think that it just was kind of shitty today. It was year. a little bit out of place and, and I, I think they did a bad like a it. poor job with it. I wrote down that whole scene where they're in Isabel's room and he, they're like yelling at each other. Yeah, that's pretty bad too. She, that one was going to be my like, next one. Which you know, and she's like, I don't know. Like, I was just like, mm, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. That kind of sucked. Yeah. And I said, my best for the next one, your best action scene. Yeah. I wrote John Wick in the hospital. John Wick in the hospital. <laughs> I had that and I thought the fight with Balthazar was pretty good too. That was pretty good. Because I, yeah. I said, I really liked the brass knuckles that yeah. they I thought that was pretty cool. Best character. I had the devil. I thought he was great. Yeah, he's, he's in it so small, but he's he's just awesome. I said I I like him a lot in it. I think he's he's in it. I'm glad that they didn't put him in more because he's just he's really good at when he's there that you know it's almost like you don't want too much of it. Right. Like, it would have it would have ruined it had it been it too much. Lost its, like flair pretty much if you would have had him in it too much more. Yeah. Uh, your worst character. 
I'll give you one guess. Gabriel? Nope. Chaz Kramer. Oh, Chaz Kramer. <laughs> you didn't like him? Oh, I thought he was terrible. He is. He's very annoying. But it was bad. It was bad acting. He was just not. It just didn't make any sense. When I say worst character, I, I, I agree with that. But when I said Gabriel, as I said, I just didn't like her as Gabriel. It just, it didn't feel right. I don't know why it just wasn't there. Because you're a sexist asshole. Because <laughs> I'm a sexist <laughs> asshole, exactly. I kind of uh, like when they played it with like a different sex and they used somebody like more of like a neutral looking. I agree to that. I agree to that. I don't know. I, I, it didn't fit for me. I, I didn't like it. But it's growing up little bit as we've gone through this conversation but still not the fan best line mine is hold the door are you going down not if i can help it from when they're in the hospital early on i wrote uh i put down three lines actually okay well the one was you're gonna die young because you smoked 30 cigarettes a day since you were 15 you're gonna go to hell because of the life you took and then she kind of pauses and just looks at him and goes you're fucked I just really like how like powerful like Prince is telling him, no matter what you do, you're screwed. Like you can't do anything. And I also liked two two lines when he's in Papa Midnight's place. One when he walks in and he just kind of they're kind of having a small conversation, and he's kind of figuring out, oh, you don't have much time left. And Papa Midnight goes, I thought I heard, I thought I heard thunder last night. Must have been Satan's stomach growling. <laughs> oh, nice. I didn't miss that one. That's a good line. And then uh, when he's like giving him like the gut wrench with his fingers and holding him up in the air and he's like, is this neutral bullshit? You're the only one playing by the rules midnight. And while you've been imitating Switzerland, people are dying. Yeah. And then, and then after he drops him on the ground, he goes, $200 shirt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, really like by the way, you were in my two hundred dollars shirt. Two hundred dollars shirt that's covered in mud, sweat, and cigarettes. Next part, it we're gonna keep renaming this till we come up with the right name for it, but it's on the internet so you know it's fake. So the original title, Hellblazer, which was the title of the comic, was changed because it was too similar to Hellboy, which came out the year before. Made sense. Mm-hmm. The look of hell was based on old footage of nuclear tests, specifically the sudden shockwave immediately after the blast that disintegrated anything in its path, hence the crumbling landscape. And I, like I said, it looked like a wasteland in Eastern Europe. If I were to pick what it would look like out in a nuclear test site in Belarus, that's what I picked. So that, they, they picked that. They did that really well. It's cool. It's cool, man. All you do is find a lead fridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then you'll be fine. According no. to a Shia LaBeouf movie, which we will not discuss. Mm-mm. does not, not exist. It Yuck. does not exist. Yucky. The holy hand grenades were Christmas ornaments filled with water. Yeah, could have made those myself. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, someone named Tarim Singh was attached to direct with Nicolas Cage to star. However, the director said that with Cage, I cannot make the film I wanted to. Soon after Singh left the picture, Cage did as well. Yeah. I, that would have been. Because that's Nicholas Cage was starting to get into crazy Nicholas Cage mode by then. That was like Wicker Man level Nicholas Cage by then. Also, Mel Gibson and Kevin Spacey were considered to star as John Constantine, but I think they made the right choice with Keanu. And during the course of the movie, John Constantine is seen smoking thirteen cigarettes, according to what was online. So, yeah. do you have any more? The the one that I said is that uh, we kind of discussed already how 
Peter Stormer came up with the costume design on his own for Lucifer. Mm-hmm. He decided on the white linen suit with like the tar dripping down from his feet. They'd initially want him to wear, I have written down, leather pants, bare-chested, a dog collar with spikes, and tattoos over his face and chest. Yeah, it's very too. That's a little too village, people. It's like, like punk. I don't really understand. Oh, you also said that you counted how many bullets she fired off, and yeah, you yeah, said you read somewhere it said thirty. Yeah, it said thirty, and I said when I did it, I counted twenty nine, so it's probably correct. I just yeah. like was, I heard her shooting, and I was just like, it was just still going. I was like, I wonder how many times she's shooting, and then I like <laughs> back like thirty seconds and listened to the end and started counting. I was like, oh, the endless round. She must got a super extended mag on that gun there or whatever. Something I read too about it is uh, the priest. So tells Angela that suicide is a mortal sin. Therefore, Isabel cannot have a Catholic funeral. While the church does considered suicide a sin, it doesn't hold in cases of mental illness. Oh, so, cause they said in modern times, suicide is considered evidence of mental illness. And since Isabel is in a mental institution, whether or not she may have a Catholic funeral funeral is mute at the point. People ah, who suicide excellent are, no point. Longer, no longer refuse Catholic burial in consecrated ground. So wow. That may be something that's new been under the most recent popes. Because yeah. things were pretty old school at least as far back as even two thousand five. So yeah, that so may that, be a new thing. Definitely that's, could be different change. How about um, I know it's a movie, but I put down I, the, the gun shooting off thirty times. Yeah, I, at the time I, I don't know. I I guess I missed a lot of it. I was watching it late at night on Saturday night. But what I said is, when you watch a sci-fi movie, you let a lot go, and they did a good job of having the people act like people, real people emotions, and that's something I have a hard time with when you watch certain sci-fi movies. Is you know there are certain parameters you have to let go, like demons showing up. But I thought they did a good job of Constantine and Angela acting the way people actually would respond. Uh, don't they pick at this movie? I didn't have a lot. You seem to point them out a little bit here and there as we went through the movie. Again, I, I must have missed some stuff. But do you have anything else? No, I don't think I put down here. And I think I already mentioned it when we talked about the when he's smoking and he fills up the glass and covers it with the spider. Yeah, and, and then later, there's way too much later. <laughs> like there's literally like three. It's like he must have blown underneath there like seven more times. Maybe the spider was smoking in there. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. So, what would you change about the movie? Shy as a piece of poop. In this movie. Yeah, I had Gabriel that I just didn't like Gabriel in that spot. But again, I I said what I would change. Like what it really comes down to, I said he's a piece of poop. But no, there you I go. think what I would like is. Chas to be a little closer in age to John and make them more like friends, more like and have some more like witty witty banter between them. It would you know, have made it a little more like cutting on yeah. each other, you know, a little bit would I think would have made it a little bit. And you'll see you'll see that whenever I re, when I recast some of these people. Yeah. Well, let's get into the remake then. I said no, it should not be remade because there already is a TV series. That ran one season a few years ago, and now there's an animated series of it. However, you think you have some good ideas. I want to hear. I want to hear them. I'm all ears. Not so much that it should be remade, but I think it would be cool to have a sequel, and you could have some of the same people in it if you wanted to. Okay. Um, but I was like, with that being said, 
if you were to remake it now with some people. But I said, but what I wrote down, you know, with some people now. But I was just like, back then I tried to think of some people that could have played Constantine better. And I just threw So you're kind of recasting the movie from 2005. Well, no. So right now, I, I just was like, just popped in my head. Like, I thought Brad Pitt, like Edward Norton. Ooh, Edward Norton would be good. Could be good. Um, and if you look, maybe if you're going to follow the comics, you could use like Ewan McGregor maybe. Yeah, if you want to go the British version. Yeah, if you want to go the British version or something like that. But for me, like I, I did, I did like if they did a remake of it right now, who would I cast as certain people? And so for Constantine, I said maybe like Carl Urban. Carl Urban would be a good pick. I said Carl I think Urban. he would do a good job at that. For Satan, I put down how do you say his name? Andy Circus. Yeah, Andy Circus. Yeah, he's or, in everything. Or I wrote down Benicio del Toro. Ooh, I think Benicio del Toro would be a good pick. I think that because Andy is kind of a well, he's I, a I, little I, guy. He's I know, a little I, scrawny I, little guy, and not that Benicio del Toro is an I, overwhelming I, figure, but I think he'd be better. Like he is in Sicario. I said when I saw when I saw Andy Circuit Circus in Black Panther, he looked a little bit more beefed up and looked a little more tough guy. Still got to see Black Panther. Yeah, I, I said he was one of my more favorite characters in Black Panther, actually. I thought he did a really good job with this part in that movie. But I put down for uh, Papa Midnight. I was like, you can literally use the same guy. Or yeah, he's fine. He looks the same. I put uh, into that. Uh, Idris Elba. Sure. I said he probably would do a fine job with that. Maybe Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames could... Big Graves could play that like a tough guy. Would work too. Um, for Chas Kramer, so here, here's where you'll get my how I want to make it a little bit lighter, make him a little bit closer in age. Is I put down maybe like Chris Pratt. Maybe I put down four names. You can pick out which one you think is best. I like okay. Chris Pratt. I put down Charlie Day. Okay. Or I put down you know T.J. Miller is. Yeah. I put down him. I even put down Adam Devine just for a laugh. <laughs> I'd go with if you're making not, him a cab not, driver. Not Charlie think, Day. He's too. He's too crazy. I said, I, go, I said if you're making him a cab driver, I think for some reason T.J. Miller would. Yeah, make, I mean T.J. Miller is the side guy in Deadpool already. Yeah, so he kind of is the perfect fit for that, and he he knows how to do the banter between the two. So yeah, that would work. Carl Urban isn't the funniest guy. So, like, if you've seen the Star Trek movies, he, he doesn't really have – he has extremely dry delivery, even when he's making jokes. Well, that's exactly how John Constantine is in this. Yeah, no, he'd be good as Constantine. I, just, I, I guess I just have to see it. I, I, I agree with you, and I think it would work. I just would have to kind of see how it goes. That's all. all right, for Balthazar, I put down either Oscar Isaac – Okay. Or Tom Hiddleston. You love Tom Hiddleston. I just every movie comes up. When I when I think of somebody who's kind of a good at just being a creepy guy, he's yeah. gonna be a creepy guy. Yeah, that's true. I literally thought about him, I was like when I thought about him, I go, he might even be able to do a John Constantine for all I know. Maybe if they did the if they held on with the bridge one. For Angela I put down Emily Blunt. Yeah, that'd be good. She'd be really good in that. I'm a big Emily Blunt fan. 
I even put down for Beeman. Beeman, I put down Paul Bettany. Got to sneak him in there. Yeah, he, he Paul does really has to be movie. in every other movie now. Well, that Paul in every religious movie too. He's in tons of religious movies. I feel yeah, like. he is. I even put down Father Hennessy. This one's kind of a stretch, but I was just like, eh, you know, we'll see. He seems like he could do that. Mark Hamill. I don't see why not. I mean, he's a, he'd be a small poet, and he, he'd be fun to throw in there. And then, I don't know if you... Have you seen Games of Thrones? No, I've not seen Game of Thrones. Or have you seen a new Star Wars? Solo or Last Jedi? Well, neither, I haven't seen either one yet. Yeah, what about the other one? The last one I saw, I saw Rogue One. What was and before? I saw uh, Force Awakens. So did you... You know who Captain Plasma is? If I saw him, I'm sure I would. She's like the main chick bad, like, stormtrooper. Oh, they don't show her face, though. Yeah, they don't show her face. Well, this girl, this this, this girl, her name's, uh, I think it's, like, Gwendolyn Christie. She plays, like, uh, Brienne of Tarth in Games of Thrones, and she's, like, a knight. And she's big. Okay. It kind of reminds me a little bit, but she's bigger than Tilda is yeah and that would be more imposing but as gabriel she does, but she does also have a little kind of like the same like manly more manly features okay and and she'd just be like bigger like be, it would just seem a little more tougher i just thought the same thing too whenever i thought of it but yeah that's okay. my that's my remake all right i like it i'm uh i think it'd be fun to see what would come out of that and I'm curious what the whether the plot line would be similar or they probably have to create a, a whole new plot line for it. Similar but different. I don't think you could just remake the exact same movie. But I don't know. Yeah. All right. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Worth the Watch PC. Email us uh, thoughts, ideas, or tweet at us, but email us at worth the watch podcast at gmail.com. Please share this with your friends. Share some of the other ones with your friends or your enemies if you really think we're that bad. But, uh, you know, pass it along. And please send us your thoughts and ideas. We want more uh, more feedback. We, we want to be able to provide the best product we can to you guys. So uh, our next one, very exciting, waiting. So oh, wait for that to be coming out in a couple weeks. That should be a lot of fun. I'm going to give you the goat <laughs> through the phone. <laughs> that that one's going to be a fun one. I think that one's going to, that, that one might run even longer than this one, but I, I want, we're going to have to come up with some, some real story because you worked in a restaurant and I worked in a grocery store. So we're going to have some fun with that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right guys. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. All right. Take it Thanks. easy guys.